By the time you're done with this episode, my hope is that you'll be able to head back to your lab group, study group, or your own study cube and be able to confidently identify the bones and most important landmarks and their purpose. You can use the tips you learned today, and maybe these tips will inspire you to come up with your own unique system. Here we go with episode number 56. Hello there, Seth Jump, your professor for Anatomy on the Go. Welcome to this episode number 56. This is the uh, summer of taking a deeper dive into the muscles of the body. And one of the ways you do that is you really have a strong grasp of the bones and the landmarks. The reason is that the muscles we'll chat about in these next upcoming episodes are attaching directly to these key landmarks. There are two attachments the muscles have, origin and insertion. Origin is the attachment site of the muscle that moves the least, moves minimally. Insertion is the attachment of the muscle that moves the most, what is being moved. So many of these are found right on the bones of the limb, with some exceptions, of course. And we are going to approach the bones today from the standpoint of thinking of muscle attachment sites after we tackle a bit of an overview. So let's go forward. So the important bones of the upper limb are scapula and clavicle. Scapula is the shoulder blade and clavicle is the collarbone. Now to be precise, these bones are part of the pectoral girdle. They help to anchor the upper limb to the central part of the body, the axial skeleton. Various muscles attach to the scapula and clavicle, including the deltoid, pectoral muscles, etc. Go distally in the upper limb, you have the humerus, the bone of the arm. Then further distally, as you approach the hand, you have the radius and the ulna. Radius is the lateral bone, ulna is the medial bone. So you could remember that by using a simple little mnemonic, RT and up, radius thumb side, ulna picky side. And then lastly, we have the wrist, hand, and fingers. So from proximal to distal, we have carpal bones, metacarpal bones, and then lastly, phalanges. Now let's add some easy tips to help you know medial, lateral, and or anterior posterior and or proximal distal, depending on the bone. Let's go back to the clavicle and scapula. The medial part of the clavicle is the part that looks more blocky in appearance. The medial part of the clavicle is the sternal end. The lateral part of the clavicle is the part that is flatter and has a gentle curve. The lateral part of the clavicle is the acromial end. Now know that the lateral part of the clavicle serves as the origin of the deltoid muscle. And the medial part of the clavicle serves as the origin of the pectoralis major, the sternoclavicular part of that muscle. Okay, there is the clavicle. Let's go ahead and move on to the scapula. And again, we're thinking of these bones in terms of muscle uh, origin, insertion, muscle attachment sites. So the scapula has a huge, relatively huge, horizontal spine, a part that sticks up on the bone on the posterior side of the bone. It's, and it's called the spine of the scapula, appropriately named. Now, once you figure out posterior using the spine of the scapula, go to the anterior side and find something that looks like a beak. That's the coracoid process. Use that to figure out anterior. Laterally, find the socket for the ball and socket shoulder joint. That's the glenoid fossa. Now, so what about some muscles that are attached on the scapula? Now, check this out. We have a fossa, a shallow depression, that is superior to the spine, and another that is inferior to the spine. 
A muscle called the supraspinatus attaches to the supraspinous fossa, and a muscle called the infraspinatus attaches to the infraspinous fossa. Both of those attachments are muscle origins. Now, these are two of the rotator cuff muscles. You have another structure on the other side, that is anterior, on the scapula called the subscapular fossa. And there's yet another muscle that attaches on this particular fossa. Now, given the names of those other muscles I just mentioned, let's see if you can come up with the name of this muscle. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Subscapularis attaches to the subscapular fossa. And where they insert is right on the humerus. The next bone we'll chat about here. The humerus has a big bulky head that will attach to the structure I referenced on the scapula. The glenoid fossa technically it articulates at this point. The head of the humerus represents the ball of the ball and socket shoulder joint. The head, by the way, is a great way to know medial for the humerus. On the front of the humerus, the anterior proximal part of the humerus, just laterally to the head there, just lateral to the head there, you'll find two roughened portions called the lesser and greater tubercle. The lesser is like a dead anterior structure right in the middle there, kind of looking at you like a scary, goofy eyeball. And lateral to that is the greater tubercle. The subscapularis attaches to the lesser tubercle, and both supraspinatus and infraspinatus attach to the greater tubercle. Now, we'll come back to the uh, last rotator cuff muscle later, but right now we're laying the groundwork for connecting the upper limb bones with the upper limb muscles. If we go a little farther down the side or lateral part of the humerus, we'll find another landmark called the deltoid tuberosity. It's nice when a landmark tells you what's attaching there, as we've seen before, too. For so much of anatomy, do your best to key in on the names to things. They help direct the understanding of where it is, what it does, how it's shaped, etc. At the distal part of the humerus, you'll find two structures that you'll feel right around your elbow, the medial and lateral epicondyle. Now know that the medial epicondyle tends to protrude a little bit more than the lateral epicondyle, and you can feel this on yourself as well. Now, the medial and lateral epicondyle are important because they are the common origin for forearm muscles. The medial epicondyle is the, the shared origin of the anterior forearm muscles, and the lateral epicondyle is the shared origin of the posterior forearm muscles. Now, beyond the humerus, that is, distal to the humerus, as we go toward the hand, we find the radius and the ulna. Remember, the radius is thumb side, ulna pinky side. Remember, RT and up. But make sure you can tell the difference between the two just by looking at them. The ulna has a big, bulky-looking top portion. It almost looks like the head of a creature. The radius has a disc-like head that enables it to roll around the ulna during pronation and supination. The most important landmark, at least in my opinion, of course, is the radial tuberosity. That is a structure that is just distal to the head of the radius. The biceps brachii attaches to the radial tuberosity. Now, what about these carpal bones? Remember this, some lovers try positions that they can't handle. Wait, wait, what's going on here, Professor? Did you go off the rails on us? I'll say it again. Some lovers try positions that they can't handle. So you are welcome to use this mnemonic device to help you remember the carpal bones from proximal to distal, lateral to medial. So scaphoid, lunate, triquetrum, piciform, trapezium, trapezoid, capitate, and hamate. So some lovers try positions that they can't handle. 
So in addition to creating the carpal tunnel, providing a way to link the forearm with the hand, the carpal bones provide muscle attachment sites for some of the forearm muscles. For example, the flexor carpi ulnaris inserts on the handmate bone. And we'll go through these muscles in an upcoming podcast in a little bit more detail, talk about actions, specific attachment sites. Now, distal of the carpal bones are the metacarpals 1 through 5, and you show those with Roman numerals. The first is associated with the thumb. The fifth is associated with the pinky. Now, various carpi muscles attach on the metacarpals. For example, flexor carpi radialis and extensor carpi radialis longus and brevis. And then lastly, we have the phalanges. First, how many do we have and why? We actually have 14 total phalanges. And why exactly is that? The thumb just has two, only proximal and distal, whereas the other digits have proximal, middle, and distal phalanges. Now, what is attached there? Now, pay attention to those muscles that have digity in their names, as well as those named for certain digits in the hand, like the thumb, which is pollicis, and minimus, which is the pinky. And we'll get to that. But back to the term digity. Flexor digitorum superficialis inserts on the middle phalanges of digits 2 through 5. And then another muscle called flexor digitorum profundus inserts on the distal phalanges of digits 2 through 5. That's flexor side. On the extensor side, extensor digitorum attaches to the middle and distal phalanges of digits 2 through 5. So when you are learning, practicing, and reviewing these bones, first try to find those key landmarks that help orient you. And then next, ask why they're there and be able to know what muscles are attaching on these landmarks. Now let's practice this now for a little bit. I'm going to name a landmark and then your job is to name the bone on which you'd find this structure and the purpose of this structure I'm naming. So it's a little bit of review from today's podcast, plus a little bit more that we haven't chatted about today directly. And perhaps these will be easy for you to get these straight after today's episode. And you can use this practice as a way to think through the bones and the structures of the bones. So here we go. I'm going to name a particular structure. You name on which bone you'd find the structure and then the purpose of the structure. Now, this one we haven't talked about directly today, but it's on the scapula, and it serves as an attachment site for the rhomboid muscles. How about coracoid process? Also on the scapula, serves as an attachment site for biceps brachii, short head, as well as the pectoralis minor. Supraspinous fossa, scapula, attachment site for the supraspinatus. Subscapular fossa, also scapula. Attachment site for the subscapularis. And if I asked you anterior or posterior uh, for the subscapular fossa, what would you say for that? And if you said anterior, you would be correct. Whereas the next one, infraspinous fossa, find that on the scapula, right? Infraspinatus muscle attaches there. That's on the posterior aspect, along with the supraspinous fossa. How about lateral border? Okay, that's the other border. Uh, Opposite side of the scapula, the teres minor attaches there, as an example. Greater tubercle. Find that anterior humerus, right? A couple muscles attached there. And muscles actually attach between the greater and lesser tubercle, kind of around this area as well. But two muscles that are attaching there, supraspinatus and infraspinatus, attaching to the greater tubercle. 
lesser tubercle. Also in the humerus, dead anterior structure, subscapularis attaches there. Deltoid muscle. That's on the humerus. The deltoid muscle attaches there. Medial epicondyle. Humerus. Anterior forearm muscles, the origin of these muscles at this point, which is the distal humerus. Lateral epicondyle. Also humerus, just on the other side. Posterior forearm muscles are attaching there. Common origin for these muscles. How about ulnar tuberosity? This is a new one. Easy, it's on the ulna, right? But the brachialis muscle is attaching at this point. Primary flexor of the elbow in all positions. How about radial tuberosity? Easy, which bone? That's radius. Serves as the insertion for the biceps brachii. Well, a couple quick notes as we say goodbye today. There is a bonus episode that is an audiobook complete with an ebook. There's also lots of questions to help you practice, a labeling quiz to help you identify the bones for the upper limb. Now, that will serve as episode 57. And you can get that and the complete back catalog of episodes by following the link for all the episodes in the show notes. Also, another note, want to support the podcast and the work of Anatomy on the Go? Simply follow the support link in the show notes. Now, through the summer, with greater regularity, I'm going to be releasing podcasts about muscles. More than any other topic, muscles have have provided the, the most kind of stress and challenge to students, and I get a decent number of emails about this. So I'm going to roll those out. I'm also going to provide a way to provide feedback on how things are going, uh, what elements of the podcast are most helpful for you. Maybe there are elements that aren't as helpful uh, to you, for you. Uh, So stay tuned for that uh, in the podcast. And also, uh, if you're an email subscriber, stay tuned for that as well. So that's a wrap for today. Feel free to shoot me an email if you'd like to uh, get in touch about this episode and upcoming episodes. And until the next episode drops, all the very best. Good luck with your studying. I'll see you later.